you guys doing today? You guys doing all right? My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. For those of you that do not know me, I want to welcome everybody. I want to welcome everybody that is watching us online right now. Hey, thank you for tuning in and staying connected to Passionate Life Church. Real quick, uh, we've got these invitation cards. If you haven't grabbed one, please grab one, two, or five and just invite somebody to come. It is going to be an awesome time. If you're planning on coming Saturday, I want to encourage you to come early around 4.30. It's actually starting at 4.45. Uh, we're having a kids choir. It's going to be different, a little bit different on Saturday than Sunday. Um, also candlelight uh, service uh, at the end. And so um, if you're coming, come early. Uh, there's free stuff happening, both services. And so I want to encourage you to come early. It's just going to be an awesome time to celebrate Jesus. And, and I know a bunch of churches are not open. And so if you've got friends or family who want to come to church that weekend, there's no reservations. We're going to be open. Uh, we just want to celebrate uh, Jesus together. You know, this year has stolen a lot of celebrations from us. It's not going to steal Christmas, all right? COVID is not the Grinch. He doesn't win, okay? So uh, we, we just man, invite whoever you want and come, and we're going to have an awesome awesome Christmas uh, weekend. Amen? Amen. Uh, before we, we, we get into uh, the, the message today, uh, Pastor Ben, I want, I want to have an awesome, exciting announcement. Uh, Pastor Ben had a conference call uh, with uh, Jared Polis this week, our governor, and uh, with other church leaders in our state. And uh, uh, Governor Polis uh, had admitted uh, on the conference call that the church is essential. Come on, our prayers are working. Now, he won't publicly admit that, but he did privately. And he basically said to the church's list, listen, try your best, um, you know, to, to, you know, adhere to the rules. But we can't stop you guys from, from meeting and opening. And so um, we're going to continue to be open uh, no matter what here at Passion Life Church. Uh, we're going to continue to be that refuge uh, for people that, that need a place uh, just, just to celebrate Jesus, but, but also, uh, you know, experiencing the love of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so we're, we're staying open. And so just want to let you know, uh, you know, no reservations needed. We're just going to continue. Uh, 2021 is going to be an awesome, awesome year. Amen. Um, real, real quick, let, let me just recap uh, last week and then we'll get in today. Uh, the Wonder of Christmas is our series. We'll be wrapping up the series next week. And, and really the big part of the Wonder of Christmas is having this anticipation, right? If you've got kids or grandkids, there's just this anticipation for Christmas and the presents under the tree. And, and man, what are we going to get? There's this built-in anticipation with the wonder of, uh, of Christmas. And I believe that God wants us to get our wonder back. He, he wants His children to get his, uh, our wonder back. And, and this year is kind of beating it out of us, right? It's kind of beating us the anticipation of what God can do out of us in this year. And I believe that he wants us to get it back. And, and when Jesus came to this world, when he was born, he was telling us, man, I want you to get your wonder back. I want to get you, I want you to have your anticipation back. And, and I know that this has been a hard year, but, but I believe that, man, if God's people will get, start anticipating great things, God will begin to, to move again in our lives. It's time to go 
just from surviving to thriving in all that God has in store for us. Amen. So today, the title of the message today is The Wonder of Peace. The Wonder of Peace. Come on, let's pray and we'll get into God's word today. Father, I thank you for this moment. God, this is your moment. Every person that's in this room, God, I just pray right now in Jesus' name, you'd open our hearts, you'd open our minds. Everybody that's watching online right now, God, open their hearts and their minds to encounter the Holy Spirit today, to encounter your voice today. We just come against Satan right now in Jesus' name. We come against the father of lies right now in Jesus' name. We just pray right now, Holy Spirit, that your truth would reign in our hearts and our minds. Father, we just pray that you would draw us a little bit closer to you this morning. Father, I just pray that I would get out of the way. Lord, speak through me today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen. The wonder of peace. Let's jump right into Philippians. This is the Apostle Paul uh, speaking to the Philippian church. And he really gives us a formula of how to get peace. He, he really gives us this formula of how to get peace. He says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. You see that formula? Okay, here we go. First one, how to get peace. Don't worry, okay? Number one, don't worry. Two, pray, okay? Pray. The third thing, what is it? Tell God what you need, right? Three, that's three. And number four, thank him for all he's done, okay? Really easy. This is how we get peace, right? God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And what the Apostle Paul is saying is this is a, it's a supernatural peace that God gives. And, and it's, it's, the Hebrew word is, is shalom. He gives us this shalom, this soul peace. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Come on, some of us need to start fixing our thoughts, right? We've been in this year where it seems like it's one bad thing after another, and we can get our minds end up slipping into depression and oppression and negativity. Come on, we need to fix our thoughts. The only way 2020 is going to be different than 21 is if we fix our thoughts. We go from this mindset of just surviving and just getting through to thriving in all that God has in store for us. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these, think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. God has this shalom for us, He has this peace. For us, if you've been with Passionate Life Church for a while, I preached a message a couple years ago on shalom, and and I gave everybody a shalom stress ball. Come on, everybody got a shalom stress ball, and many of you used to use it while watching Broncos games when Broncos games were relevant. You remember that a long time ago? It's just this this shalom, this this inner peace that God gives us. Peace, no matter what is happening around us. Let me read the definition of shalom for you. The Hebrew word for peace is shalom, which expresses the idea of wholeness, completeness, 
or tranquility in the soul that is unaffected by outward circumstances or pressure. And so this shalom, this, this inner peace, this, this soul peace, it does not matter what is happening on the outside. It doesn't matter what's happening with the economy, with your career, with the government. It does not matter when you have shalom because it's this soul peace. It's this inner peace that is not attached to our outward circumstances. And here's the thing. If you get peace, you're going to have joy. If you have this inner peace, joy is just going to be a byproduct of peace. Come on, we need to receive God's shalom today. We need to see receive His peace today. No matter what is happening around us, we can have the inner peace of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Uh, I want to give you some context in this passage in Isaiah. Now, Isaiah is speaking to the Israelites, and they are in a dark time. They are struggling. It's a bad time for Israel right now and maybe many of you you you've been in a dark place or, or you're you're coming out of a dark place and or maybe this just year has just been really depressing for you and you've struggled okay listen this is a message for you today right by the prophet Isaiah he says this go ahead and put up the passage Isaiah 9 2 through 7 he says this the people who walk in darkness you will see a great light come on isn't that encouraging today for those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel, and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, and like warriors dividing the plunder, for you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. Let's continue. You will break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called, continue, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. You leave that up for, for a moment. Isaiah is talking about Jesus, right? He's, he's the child that will be born unto us. He will be the one that will bring this shalom, this, this inner peace that is not attached to outward circumstances, that we can have peace, that God is in control. And if you've been with Passion Life Church for a while, you know every time that, that, that you see the Lord of Heaven's armies, many scholars believe that this is, Jesus in the Old Testament. Come on, Jesus is everywhere in the Bible. And so I want to read this scripture again this morning. The passionate commitment of Jesus will make this happen. Come on, 
We serve an amazing Savior. Come on. Jesus is going to make this happen. He's this wonderful counselor. He is the Prince of Peace. Jesus gives us inward peace. He gives us soul peace, but He doesn't promise outward peace. I don't know if you've, you've, maybe you've heard this, that once you become a Christian, all of your problems melt away and you have no issues and life is perfect. Have you ever been told that? Uh, that's a lie, okay? Like, it's not true, right? And if you've been a Christian for any amount of time, you, you know that that is not true at all. And Jesus never promises that we're going to have outward peace. He, he, what he promises that we have shalom, enter, inner peace. And uh, I just don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to see it in scripture. Matthew 24, six through seven. Jesus says this, and you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't pandemic. It's pretty close. It's pretty close, but don't panic. Like, like, this is what Jesus is saying. He's like, look, man, like, there's going to be things that are going to happen around us. Man, there's going to be wars and, and rumors of wars. He says, yes, these things must take place. He says they must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. And so Jesus doesn't promise outward peace. He never does that. He, but he promises this soul peace, this inward peace. And, and when wars are going on and famines come and, and, and viruses infect our country and the government is just struggling and our country is divided, Jesus says, don't be shocked by that. I didn't promise outward peace. I promised shalom, inward peace. No matter the chaos that is happening around us, you can have confidence that God is still in control and you can have peace. Come on. You can have shalom, inward peace. The, the Israelites were in the wilderness and God got them to the promised land about two years, about two years in. And they send these 12 spies in to the land and, and 10 of them come back and they're like, man, there's giants there. It's a, it's a sweet place, but there's, there's giants. We can't take it. Joshua and Caleb were the only ones. They're like, no, 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 we can, we can take this. And, 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 and so they got overruled and they ended up going back into the wilderness for some 38 years. That whole generation dies in the wilderness, never seen the promised land. Even Moses dies, never experiencing the promised land. He only sees it from afar. And so Joshua now is the new leader of Israel. He, he, he's leading this new generation into the promised land. And, and you know, sometimes we, we romanticize how God is going to do things in our life, and it's just going to be really easy, and, and there's not going to be any issues. And maybe, uh, I don't think Joshua thought that, but, but he's ready, right? He's ready to lead God's chosen people and he encounters someone and I want to read this this shows us what type of person Joshua is what type of leader he is when Joshua was near the town of Jericho he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a sword in hand look at this look at this Joshua went up to him and demanded 
are you friend or foe? Come on. Joshua, man, this is the type of guy Joshua was. He, he sees this person with a sword, and he's like, what's up? You want a piece of me? You got a sword? I got a sword? Like, like, come on, tell me if you're, if you're my friend or enemy, because if you're my enemy, we're going to fight. We're, we're going we're gonna to battle. Like, this is the type of mindset that Joshua has. Neither one, Jesus replied. I am the commander of the Lord's army. Again, we, we see that. Come on, this is Jesus in the Old Testament. I'm the commander of the Lord's army. At this, Joshua fell with his face to the ground in reverence. And so as soon as Joshua realized that this is God, man, boom, he's on his face in reverence. I'm at your command, Joshua said. What do you want your servant to do? I believe we're, we're in a time as a church and, and as followers of Christ that, that God is looking for some people to respond this way to his presence. He's looking for some people that will, will, that, that, that will man, prostrate themselves in reverence to the God. And then, then the next response is, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to serve? How do you want me to be the hands and feet? How, how do you want me to impact this, this world? He's looking for some people that are willing to serve, that that are willing to be part of what he is doing on earth. The commander of the Lord's army replied, "Take take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did as he was told. So if you remember Moses, this is kind of similar how, how, God calls Moses. Moses sees a burning bush and God says, hey, take your sandals off. You're standing on holy ground. I called you to be the leader. Well, uh, this instance with, with Joshua is a little bit different. It is a little bit different, I believe. And, and so let, let's just talk about what, how the apostle Paul represents peace in scripture, okay? He represents peace as a fruit of the Spirit, okay? It's a byproduct of the Holy Spirit. And so as Christians who are filled with the Holy Spirit, we should produce shalom. We should produce peace to the point where people can experience us and say, what is wrong with you? Why are you so calm? Why do you have peace when the world is collapsing around you, right? Like Jesus says, I will know my followers by their fruit. and so. Because we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, we should produce this thing called peace, shalom, that that people can actually see, okay? So it's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. And the second thing that the Apostle Paul relates peace to is shoes of peace, okay? He's talking about the armor of God, and, and the shoes represent peace. And I find this so interesting that God tells Joshua, take your shoes off. This is holy ground. Okay, one in the statement, he's telling Joshua, listen, I've given you this territory, okay? This is holy ground. I've already won the victory. You just need to be obedient and move forward. But the second thing I think is very interesting is that peace represents shoes, and the Lord asks Joshua to take off his shoes. Because it's a time that we're in today, and it's a time for Joshua. It's time to take peace off, and it's time to go to war. 
He just didn't walk into Jericho and they just handed him the city. No, 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 no. It was time to fight. And if you look all throughout the Old Testament, Israelites were in battles after battles after battles. And this is what God is calling His people to today. He's calling His people to get into the war. A couple weeks ago, we talked about Gideon, right? And God doesn't just need a bunch of people. He just needs the right people. He used 300 to defeat an army of 135,000. Odds are nothing to God. He just needs the right people with the right attitude, with the right mindset, knowing that, man, God has already given us the victory. Listen, God has given every single person territory. Listen, if you're married today, God has given you that territory of your marriage. If you've got kids, God has given you that territory of your family. Listen, God calls you to a workplace. There's, there's co-workers there. Man, God has given you that territory, but we need to take the territory. The battle is already won, but we need to step into the battle. Now, some of you are getting really excited. You're like, Pastor, I'm ready. I've been making bullets in my garage. I got an arsenal, an arsenal in my basement. Come on, Pastor. I've made, I've made my own homemade Gantling gun. Come on, I'm, I'm ready, Pastor. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bolt that thing to the back of my truck and we're gonna go, right? Like, it's not the, not the battle God is asking us to step into right now. He's asking us to step into a supernatural war that is causing the split of our nation. It's causing the split of families and, and, and friends. He's, he's asking us to step into this war that most of us don't even see that is raging on all day long, 24 hours a day. There's this supernatural war that is waging against our very souls. And God is asking us, are you going to step into this battle? Listen, Satan doesn't sleep. He doesn't take a nap. He doesn't rest. Non-stop. He's attacking our lives and our families and our finances and our mindsets. He is constantly attacking. And some of us are just taking it and have been taking it all year long. Listen, God has given us real tools to fight this war. Ephesians 6.12 says that we're not fighting against flesh and blood. We're not fighting against governments. We're, we're not fighting against people. We're not fighting against companies. We're, we're fighting against principalities and powers, real demonic entities that have territory in the earth. And if you've never heard a message on, on spiritual warfare, man, I'm sorry. But here at Passion of Life Church, we talk about everything. Even if it makes you uncomfortable, I don't care. I want you to have the truth so you can win in your life. So, so man, you can start winning the battle over your marriage and your family. God is looking for some people that are going to step into this war. How do we war? We war through prayer. That's why we spend 21 days in January fasting and praying. 
And I, I believe, man, I, I believe God has already been speaking to me about this next fast, that it is going to be the most powerful fast that any of us have ever done. That God wants us to begin to anticipate. He's going to start breaking things off of us. He, he's going to start giving us breakthrough and releasing things into our life as we anticipate the good things that God is going to do. Don't get nervous, okay? Don't get nervous. I'm going to lead us through this fast. But it's going to be an awesome time to, to encounter the attacks of the enemy. Jesus shows us specifically here in Mark how we should encounter uh, the the spiritual storms that Satan is attacking us with. Let me give you some quick context in Mark. Jesus is ministering all day long, right? And he's tired. He is worn out. You ever have those days? You ever have those days where you're just worn out and you're just tired? And when you close your eyes, it kind of hurts a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of hurt. It feels good, but it, it just hurts a little bit. And then you just kind of pass out, right, from, from the day. This is the type of day that Jesus had, okay? And he's in this boat, right? And he just, he want, he's looking forward to this, this nap. Come on, let's, let's read it. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowd behind although other boats followed. I I think this is really interesting and really important for us to see. Other boats followed. So there were some people that were in the presence of Jesus that, that were in the crowd that recognized the most important thing for their lives was to follow Jesus no matter what. They're like, oh, he's, he's getting in a boat. Oh, we, we need to get a boat. I don't have a boat. Well, let's get a boat. Well, let, let's rent a boat. Let, let, let's ask this guy. We, hey, let's build a boat if we have to. Let, let, let's get in this water and let's follow Jesus because he is the most important thing in our life. And no matter what it takes, we're going to follow that guy. And they recognize this, that, man, we need to follow Jesus. We just want to be where Jesus is. But soon, a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. You're going to see in a moment, I don't believe that this was a normal physical storm. I don't believe that this was caused by weather or wind or anything like that. I truly believe that this was a, this was a spiritual storm. Because if you think about the disciples, they were professional, they were professional uh, fishermen. They, they lived on that water. They had navigated every storm that you can possibly imagine. They knew this body of water like the back of their hand. They were professional sailors. Like, like they knew how to uh, navigate a boat through storm. But this storm was different. They didn't know what to do about this storm. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. Come on. That's the picture of shalom. Come on, somebody. Like, shalom, right? You're in the middle of chaos, and you're sleeping. You're you're taking a nap. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? And I know some of you today, maybe you're watching online, you felt this way this year. 
kind of felt like Jesus was sleeping in your life. You kind of feel like, man, there's things in your life that are drowning, your relationships, your marriage, your finances, your career. You just kind of feel like, man, God, where did you go this year? Like, man, I just feel like I've been drowning. Let's continue. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, silence, be still. And this is our clue that this wasn't a normal storm because he's talking to the storm, right? He's telling the storm to be silent, to be still. And I think this is an important thing that we need to look at today how Jesus is talking to the storm. Because we are all experiencing storms in our life. If not now, someday soon, we're going to experience storms, demonic storms, attacks from the enemy. And we need to know that God has given us the power through the Holy Spirit that we can talk to the storms in our life. Some of you have just been ravaged by the enemy this year. You've let the the father of lies speak to you over and over and over. And you're you're depressed and you're oppressed and, and you've got a negative mindset. It's because you're just allowing Satan to tear you down. Listen. He's seeking to kill and destroy and steal everything that God has in store for your life. And if you don't talk back to the storm, the storm is going to take over you. And so what Jesus is saying, that man, everybody that is filled with the Holy Spirit today, what Jesus is saying, because you've got shalom, because you've got the power of the Holy Spirit, you need to talk back to that storm. You just don't let the storm continue to rage in your marriage and in your family and in your workplace. No, no, no. You talk back and you tell the enemy, you shut up, devil. You be silent and you get out of my life in Jesus' name. Come on, someone, we need to get aggressive. We need to get violent with the enemy. We need to stop letting Satan take territory over our lives that God has already given us. He's already set before us. See, the disciples didn't know how to do this, right? Even though they could, because Jesus was right there with them, they, they didn't understand that they had this authority. Listen, the church needs to start to understand that we got real authority. Man, God's followers need to start understanding you got real authority and the power of the Holy Spirit because of Jesus. He died on the cross. Three days later, he defeated death and sin. The same Holy Spirit that raised him lives in us. We're walking around with the same power. One of the greatest lies that Christians are believing today is that we got no power. We got no power to overcome the enemy. So I'm just going to lay down and take it. No, 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 no. Jesus says, you can talk to that storm. You tell that storm to be silent in Jesus' name. You tell the father of lies that keeps that keeps whispering to you about addiction. Man, go back to drinking. Go back to doing drugs. It'll ease your problems, right? Right, right. Get a divorce. It's not worth fighting for. Come on, go, go. Just, just, just leave. 
Come on, that, that depression that, that keeps attacking you, you'll never get over. Come on, you. some of us need to get aggressive today with the enemy because the enemy's aggressive with us and say, be silent in Jesus' name. You have no authority in my life. Look at what Jesus says. Why are you afraid? You still have no faith? Look, look, they could have stood up and talked to the storm too. But because they lacked faith, they, they lacked knowledge of the authority that they had, they just let the, 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 they just let the storm continue to crash in and, and just pummel their lives. The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who's this man? They asked each other, even the wind and the waves obey him. God has given us real authority. God is looking for some some Joshua's that know that God has given them territory that are willing to fight for what God has already given them. Listen, following Jesus leads to storms in our lives. Jesus never promised outward peace. He never did. He promised shalom, inward peace. And so we're going to experience storms in our lives. The storm doesn't have to get in us. The storm doesn't have to completely ravage our lives because we have real power in Jesus. And for some of us, it's as simple as waking the Holy Spirit up in our lives, waking Jesus up in our lives. He's there. For some of us, Jesus has been sleeping in our lives all year round, not because it's Jesus's fault, because it's our fault. Because we'll we'll wake them up. Well, we church, we need a spiritual awakening. Jesus is here. He's waiting to move on our behalf. Are we gonna are we gonna wake up? Are we gonna wake him up and realize we have real authority over these principalities and powers? That we have real authority in the name of Jesus that every demon has to flee. Are we going to step into this, this battle and pray? There's a reason why it's hard to pray. It's because the enemy doesn't want us to. He knows that, that when we pray, angels are moved on our behalf and, and man, things are happening in the supernatural. When we pray and we use the name of Jesus, things are happening. And so, it, it, man, we get distracted when we pray and, and uh, man, you know, the phone rings and, and it, it, there's a difficulty for us to pray. And the reason why is because Satan knows he has no authority over our lives when we begin to pray. We, we need to start having a daily prayer life. We start praying over our marriages, over our spouses, over our kids, over our grandkids, over our workplaces. Come on, God has given us that territory. Are you going to step in it and take it? Because here's the thing, Joshua steps into Jericho and there's an impossible task. There's this giant wall. There's this giant wall, right? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. God doesn't say, get your spears ready. Get the shields ready. Get the bow and arrows ready. Get the gantling gun ready. We're going to take this place. No, no, no. He doesn't say that. 
He says, obey and then worship. You, you obey and you, you worship. And listen, things might not change the first time, right? They, they didn't just walk around the walls one time. It took seven. And then there's going to be times that you're just going to have to pray for things over and over again before you see a breakthrough. Because, man, we're fighting a real enemy that does not want us to take his territory. So we have to push through some of that resistance that is coming against us. Listen, if we understand this concept and we go in 2021 with this concept, with this mindset, we will see God do things in our lives that we've never seen before. We step into the war. We step into the battle and pray. We receive the shalom that God has given us. Man, we have too many Christians in America that are just freaking out about everything and they're so distracted, they're doing nothing for God. He's distracted by everything. And that's the enemy's plan. He brings chaos. He brings distraction. Well, if we can get focused, we're going to see God do a move. Something historic in our lives we've never seen before. You're going to be willing to wake up Jesus. Let him awaken your spirit. Step into the war. That he's calling us into. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes today. As we go into our response time today, maybe you'd say, Pastor, I've never said yes to Jesus. And if you're watching online, I would just ask that you would pray with us, that you bow your heads and close your eyes too. Maybe you'd say, I've never said yes to Jesus and I need to today. Or maybe, man, this year has just ravaged your life and you felt completely exposed to the attacks of the enemy. And today's the day where you take back that territory, you take back that authority. If that's you today, just slip up your hand. I just want to pray with you today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. You can put your hands down. And I would just ask that we'd all say this prayer today as we help those making the greatest decision of their life today. Dear Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. And I ask this morning that you would forgive me of all my sins, that you would come into my life and be my Lord and King. And from this day forward, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, let's give them a hand clap today. Heaven is rejoicing. Thank you so much for staying connected to Passionate Life Church. If you'd like more information, you can email us at passionatelifechurch at gmail.com. Be sure to like, subscribe, or share this with a friend. Thanks again, and we'll see you soon.